This is a Nexus special, episode 47, Apple September event, on September 7th, 2016. And now, I work, you work, we all work with iWork. This Nexus special is hosted by Brandon Johnson, Brian Mitchell, and Ian R. Buck. Alrighty, so Apple's September event. Lots of stuff announced. Woohoo! Of course, Indeed. we were all excited for the iPhone, uh, yes. but they did have a few surprises for us that I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, most of the stuff for the iPhone 7 was stuff that people had, you know, had been leaked and people had talked about. Yeah. But uh, but we still have new stuff. So yeah. That's good. So, Indeed. Uh, to kind of begin this, uh, their keynote was today at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Um, we were recording this six hours about after after it started so something like that yep. pretty pretty fresh mm-hmm. um i watched it live who who else did here i did i did too this was the first one that i managed to watch live because in the past they have not supported windows yeah well that's right yeah i actually had two live blogs open simultaneously but i was unfortunately um bobbing across town all afternoon <laughs> uh so i i was not able to actually catch the stream live mm. um but the Ars Technica live blog, as always, was fabulous. Yeah, uh, live blogs. So that's how I. That's how I got through the events in high school, just watching them during, during yeah. class. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have actually thrown up like keynote events. Like I think when Google was announcing the new Nexuses last year, I put that up on the projector in my classroom. While nice. class was going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did people watch it? No, nobody was interested except for me. No, uh, it was sad. Well, you you tried. Maybe someday someone will be interested. So right off the right out the gate, they started with a surprise. They brought uh, Nintendo on stage. It's a me, Mario. To talk about Mario, wow. Oh no. Yeah, so they're they're coming out with a Super Mario Brothers title on Super, at least on iOS. Super Mario Brothers Run. Yep. So it is Indeed. just it looked not too different than most in and like infinite runners or endless runners that you would see but it's first party mario so it's going to be really popular yeah i know i know i mean it's it's kind of like the the go-to classic so i think it mm-hmm. making it on ios is kind of like you apple has really made it because mm-hmm. uh, nintendo has been known to be a very big holdout for not embracing the new modern smartphone era yeah mm-hmm. specifically anything that nintendo doesn't make they're not going to put stuff on right right yeah uh, so uh, like this is what the third app that they're coming out with on mobile devices because we had Mitomo and then um, their pokedex I mean, didn't th- oh maybe things. yeah i think that was number one i'm going to loosely count pokemon go as being a nintendo game because they kind of they i mean they, own they didn't that. make it they no, have but they well, own that property they own the they, ip yeah they partially own nintendo or pokemon company i think something like, like that third in that yeah yeah mm-hmm um, yeah, so very simple controls. It looks like you just tap to make Mario jump, and you you tap and hold to make Mario jump higher. Yeah, and he runs. And there's some social things. And interestingly, they said um, it will be a an upfront payment, so you're not um, hit with Micro- paywalls, microtransactions. And However, there's uh, interesting interestingly enough an App Store page for it already. With instead of the the get or buy button, there's a notify button. Oh but yeah. On the bottom, it says this app offers in-app purchases. So I think Nintendo said something about um, some other integrations that maybe 
you know, they, they weren't going to charge, but maybe some other integrations in the app were. I'm not quite sure. That might have been tied to the private policy. I don't know. That's strange. Right now, it's listed as having in-app purchases, but okay. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Yeah, I not. was also a little bit confused by that, for sure. I thought that, yeah, it, based on the way that they described it in the keynote, I thought that there wouldn't be in-app purchases, but I think you're right. It might just be that it's not like a, a Clash of Clans sort of thing. Yeah, there's, there's probably some... I, I would be surprised if there's some, some like upgrades or costumes or something you could probably get, but hopefully not like core gameplay. Like you need to buy coins so you don't have to wait three days to do something. You know. Yeah, right. Time right, exactly. time based stuff would be awful. Yeah. Indeed. Um then they followed up with some productivity stuff. So they talked about iWork for a little while and how they now have real time collaboration. It looked it looked like it worked. I don't know. I'll be yeah. honest, I was like reading Twitter while they did this section. Yeah. So, I don't know. I oh, use, use iWork, but go on, Brian, Brendan. Yeah, see, I was actually really excited about that. Um, I use iWork extensively at work. Um, go figure. You you work with iWork? I do work with iWork. Do you work? I, I work. Know. You work. Do I work? Everybody works. Everybody works. Um, yeah, but it, it's going to be really uh, – it seems like this is, this is really iWork as like iWork.com. The, the platform yeah. itself kind of coming into sort of maturity mm-hmm. wherein we don't have to like um, share keynote files around over email, for example. Yeah. It's it's fine, but it's really not fine. It's going to be nice to have that sort of um, one step closer to, shall we say, feature parity with Google Drive uh, and Google Docs and Google Slides and Google Sheets. But um, it, it kind of blows my mind that like yeah. it. I mean, Google Docs started what when we were in high school, so two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, something like that. And it's like, and to this day, they still haven't figured out copy and paste. Who haven't? Didn't. Oh, you're so, oh, you're right when you're not in Chrome. All right, I live in the Chrome world, so I never encountered that problem. Uh, so when you're using like Firefox or whatever, and you're not like like uh, and you and you're not you haven't used this computer a whole lot, I think, Google Docs won't let you use the keyboard shortcuts for copy and pasting. It's super weird. Interesting. Because I know, like, at least in Safari, I'll, like, right-click, hit paste, and it says, you have to use the keyboard shortcut, so then I hit oh, paste. Oh, yeah. Or it was the other way around, yeah. But um, I know with, at least when I copy, when, I, when I'm when i on my Mac, when TweetBot for Mac, I'll do copy link to tweet, and then it'll paste, and it won't paste anything. I'll have to um, do the keyboard shortcut, the, what is it, shift option command v to paste without formatting and then it'll oh, load in. Oh, that's super weird. That might just be a tweetbot thing though that it copies some media with it as well. But Oh, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I but don't know. I think the real-time collaboration is um a good thing for Apple to do. I've I don't know many people who use iWork. I think I'm kind of at the point where I don't, you know, I'm done with school, so I'm probably mm-hmm. not going to be using document suites very much anymore, but uh, since the U of M has pulled my license for yeah. Microsoft Office, I will now really only be using iWork or Google Docs. Mm-hmm. I know that, um, yeah, Keynote is one of the kind of core apps that SPPS loads on all of the students' iPads. Um, I don't really know how much other teachers encourage the students to use Keynote, uh, but I always, I always have them using like the Google products because that's something that they're going to be able to use both on the desktops that I have in the classroom and their iPad. Yeah, that's you know. true. Though Keynote is really, really nice. Yeah. I've always really, really loved Keynote. All right, well, that's iWork. <laughs> so next, 
uh, Apple talked about the new Apple Watch. This was when they started bringing out like the big stuff that they wanted to talk about. Oh yes. Uh, so they are calling this new one Series Two. Um, now they are going back and calling the the first generation Series One. I think the price changed a little. Series Two is a little more expensive than Series One was when it first came out, and Series One is a little more is a little cheaper now than it was before today. I think I don't have the prices in front of me. It was yes, kind of- indeed. I tried to Sorry. go and look at the the listing on Apple's website for the original Apple Watch, and it's it and it gave me like a little splash screen saying, "Hey, we've got great things coming your way. Just sit tight." And I'm like, "What? I know. I'm watching that? the presentation oh, right now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they they always have the store closed during mm. their presentations. Mm-hmm. So yes, indeed. This new Apple Watch. Uh, there are several new features, including uh, they're still water resistant, but not just one meter, it's to 50 meters. 50 meters. So this waterproof standard, it's the IP67. So it's uh, more... Mm, I think IP67 was what they talked about for that, iPhone. The iPhone? Yep. Sorry. I don't remember the name of it then for Apple Watch. But it's up to 50 meters. I was reading online that I don't think it's actually 50 meters, but it's rated for good enough for swimming. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 50 meters is kind of like brand new not worn too much but oh yeah yeah i don't know but so now they they added a indoor and outdoor swimming feature to the workout app on the apple watch so uh it's intended for people who are swimming to track the swimming which i think is really kind of the next step because swimming's a very active workout mm-hmm. and if you're wearing a first generation apple watch you're risking it a little bit by <laughs> using it also the other wouldn't workout, that mess up like your aerodynamics just a little. a little bit, or hydrodynamics. It, it, can, it can depend. It can depend on how much you care about that. Okay. <laughs> and it'll it'll make you work even harder. So which is <laughs> and it, but it, it's rounded, so it, the water will just totally flow. Oh over yeah, totally. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Indeed. So I was actually I wasn't expecting it uh, to be that good because up until now, like the kind of the gold standard of water resistance for smartwatches has been the pebble which is resistant up to 30 meters and nobody else has come close to that yeah so apple making the claim that they've got 50 meters that's like that's saying something i'm i'm curious if it's their aluminum body that's adding a little more strength because i i would i would assume the plastic would flex just a tiny bit so in addition to all of this new waterproofness that allows you to swim with your apple watch there's also a redesign in the speaker so a uh, big issue with waterproof devices and speakers is that a speaker needs air to move for sound to be made. So when there's water in the speaker, it's not going to work very well and could damage it or something if it, I don't know, works too hard or something. I don't know. Yeah. So they redesigned the speaker. So it's kind of less deep inside the watch and closer to the edge. Mm-hmm. And it will uh, eject water. So it plays some frequency, I guess, that is good for water resonation or something so the water kind of jumps out and i'm surprised they didn't have a clever name for that they have a clever name for everything else it said they the just water said water atomizes and <laughs> immediately exits the watch now i wonder if this is like a little a vibrant little spray of water or if it's just like you will, just, yeah, you just hear you go burr, and you just see like a drop of water coming out, like of out of your mouth uh and that's watch. i think that's one thing that pebble didn't have to worry about at all because they don't have a speaker on this watch at yeah. all yeah mm-hmm. It's just the vibrator. So that'll be, think, that'll be interesting to see. 
I think the way that Apple does it is they play Drake's Hotline Bling, and <laughs> all of the water molecules are just like, oh man, I'm so sick of this song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Peace. Oh man. Uh, Definitely. So, so so indeed. Uh, in addition, while while we're mentioning Drake, uh, there's there's only one other part of the watch that is, shall we say, as vibrant. Uh, as everyone's favorite R&B singer, and that is uh, the new display, which is bright to not one, not ten, not one hundred, but one thousand nits, which they explained with a explainer video, a la Vox, um, <laughs> describing what uh, what a nit is um, for for, for oh, really? many people do not know. Yes, oh yes, that was oh. that was quite cool. Did, wait, did they have that in the keynote? Because I didn't... oh no. I, yeah, maybe I did that not was see in it in something else. Okay. That was Was it in their uh, maybe... tweet where they had 107 seconds of recap? Oh, okay. Very good recap yeah. on Twitter by the way. That that was. I really did adore that recap. We'll we'll make sure that it gets in the show notes one way or another. Um, but I I thought that was I I thought I had saw that on the live stream when I caught the tail end of the live stream, but um, you're right, it was probably just in that video. So I got to say I have not heard anybody mention nits since one of the Chromebook Pixels came out and they were like, it's so bright. And yeah, nobody nobody talks about that. that so spec. when this was introduced, they said it has a thousand nits. That's a lot of nits. That's a lot of nits. <laughs> and they moved on <laughs> and people were quoting it on Twitter. Yep. Indeed, indeed. Um, but that, that'll be pretty cool. I, I didn't necessarily catch the comparison to the existing watch, but that, that definitely sounds like a larger number. Mm -hmm. um, not that I've had any complaints really with the dis brightness on the display of my watch, but that's usually because I like every display I have to be set to the lowest possible backlight setting. Mm, even when you're outside, because that's that's the usage case that they were citing, of course. This is true, even when I'm outside. I think my watch is set to the middle tier, and I find mm -hmm. it's just fine. Like inside, yeah. I think, and it will get dimmer too if it's, you know, if it is dim. But For sure. I find it's it's plenty. I mean, I guess when it's brighter, it, it looks a little less of image on a screen and more like it's just there because it pops so much. Mm, right. Especially with the contrast of the OLED display. But I have the opposite problem with my watch. I can't mm -hmm. see it in the dark <laughs> until I turn on the backlight. Uh, of course, they made the Apple Watch Series 2 just a little bit faster processor-wise. They've got... Double a, the cores. <laughs> yeah, they've got 50% faster uh, CPU. And so it's a dual core now and mm -hmm. uh, a twice as fast GPU. Um, but the real thing that we're all talking about is that GPS. Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. got a GPS in it now. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of um, they're positioning this now as like the perfect thing for runners uh, to take with them because, you know, you can you can have it record your run. You don't need to take your your phone with you at all. Um, you can. You, we've been able to store music on, on it, right? For like the yep. series one yep. can already store a playlist. Yep. So yes, indeed. So you'll have your music with you already. Um, boom. What more do you need on a run? That's pretty much it. Well, I suppose you're going to need your Bluetooth headphones, but you know those are sold separately. <laughs> we'll come to that later. Yeah. Right. Right. And like, I, I have to admit too, like this is probably the one thing, the single most important thing that I would probably. Um, use like the, the single largest rationale that I might use to actually get a series two. I don't think I'm going to, but mm. if I were to do, I think that would be the, the, the kicker, the thing that really gets me there because um, I don't usually run with my, well, when I run, I'm always wearing my watch, but I don't like running is not necessarily the thing that I want to track very much because I kind of 
am awful at running. <laughs> um, but the thing that I do want to track more frequently is biking because I use biking as, as a uh, mode of transport. Yeah. Uh, shameless plug for the, um, for, for our next show, uh, on, on transportation, particularly relating to car ownership. Um, where I also won't mention bikes, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> but uh, like the GPS is something that I miss a ton when I'm biking. Um, however, anything else, like because my watch can track heart rate and stuff, usually it gets the the amount of like motion that I do just fine. And in that sense, I've actually kind of trained myself not to care as much about GPS, but when I'm biking, oh man, uh, that would be the kicker for me. Also, it comes with watchOS 3, which... Um, if, if, which will also be available to series one watches, um, regardless, I would say that's a thing that you definitely are going to want to, uh, upgrade to if you have the option. Yeah. So you guys have been using the beta for a little while, right? I um, have not on my watch. Okay. I've been on two. Still. Brandon, have you? I have, I've been on the beta since it launched. I actually w watched the keynote in a conference in our conference room at the office last time. Okay. Uh, the, the uh, WWDC keynote that is. So can, and, you, can you give us like a quick rundown of what's new in watchOS 3? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of kind of finesses really um, on the original and, and second watchOS. So the a couple of the most prominent things that are missing are complications. No, not complications. Complications are improved, but it's definitely still present. Uh, glances are what's gone in watchOS 3. So uh, on the Apple Watch, you can swipe up from the from the watch face and you'll have all these different kind of screens that you can do different things with. Like one is like music controls. Another is like stocks and weather and um, another that's kind of like control center kind of. Now when you swipe up from the, from the um, watch face uh, in watchOS 3, you'll actually just get what I'll call like a control center view like you would on uh, any other iOS device. It kind of brings it together a little more, I feel. Yeah, yeah. consistency is great. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've, you also... Mm -hmm. And I want to say WatchOS 3 has less emphasis on force touch for extra options. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Many more things are kind of on the first layer, um, which, which is really helpful, particularly in that controls interview, but also throughout any other apps you might use. Um, another thing that's kind of interesting is they removed um, time travel. So... On previous versions of watchOS, you could use the digital crown to kind of go forward and backward in time if you're on the watch face. Yeah. Uh, so that would do things like if you had a calendar complication on your watch face, you could um, scroll forward with the digital crown to see what was coming up next. And I actually really like that because I, I have a, a couple serious beefs with the calendar complications they currently uh, are. As somebody who has a bunch of meetings that are often like um, within 15 minutes of each other, it ne almost yeah. never will start to like the meeting that I actually wanted to go to. Uh, it'll always stay on the meeting that I was previously on or a different meeting that I'm not attending. Um, and I'm, I'm just not a fan of that. So I really did like time travel for that. So that, that, that was new in WatchOS 2, but it's removed now, you're saying? That is my understanding. Huh. That or for some reason my digital crown is messed up and it's not, uh, it's not working. Last I checked, it did seem like it was officially removed. Okay. Um, that one, I mean, I, I don't use it very much. I guess my only, currently I don't have many events, so I would mostly use it for weather, but at that point I might as well just open the weather app and yeah, Carrot Weather as much as well. Shameless plug for Carrot Weather. It's the best in the world. You should totally it use really it. It really is. It truly is. Uh, that's been that's been a 
especially helpful this past week where we've had rain in the Twin Cities. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things about watchOS 3, um, in addition to kind of like the, the decreased reliance on force touch, um, there's a couple of new watch faces that allow, that kind of pull in some of the more popular complications, I feel. Um, one of which is the activity analog face, which I'm partial to. So it's kind of like one of those, um, uh, one of those watches that has multiple dials, you know, uh, the one that I have right now, I'll put a screenshot in the show notes. Um, what, what you can do is uh, you can set it so that, well, the main watch face tells the time. There are three smaller watch faces uh, inscribed in that uh, larger watch face that show your um, your move score, your exercise score, and your um, number of hours through which you've been standing for one minute or longer. Um, so your three activity dials basically within it. Yeah. And I adore that. It's like so, so useful to me. Um, and then I can use the other complications for other things like starting a workout, uh, kicking open Strava if I want to track a ride, a bike ride, stuff like that. So um, the, also they had a, a new complication for now playing, which I really like. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that kind of replaces, in my estimation at least, that replaces the uh, the uh, glance for music control. Yeah, and I think I want to say it's a lot easier to switch faces now. So they almost have it where you can kind of switch faces rather than load up a complication is that right exactly exactly so you can actually just switch switch faces by from the main watch face swiping left or right to any mm. other watch face that you have set up and that is really helpful so i guess like if it's towards the end of the day i'm like crap i need to fill up my activity rings i better go to that that view so i can or that face so i can be constantly reminded yep or in my case uh for example like if if it's almost the end of the day and i'm done with classes or done with work I can just swipe over and be like, oh, the only thing I have left is to fill up my activity rings. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yes, indeed. I think that's a pretty... Um, oh, no. There's there's one other thing about watchOS 3 that I really appreciate. Um, so in watchOS 2, they introduced some features where your watch continues to work kind of without your phone by seemingly piggybacking off of Wi-Fi networks in the area that you've oh. been authenticated to. Yeah. And that has been uh, drastically improved, I feel, uh, in watchOS 3. So, for example, there was one time when I was um, I was walking down to the grocery store near me. Um, it's a Lunds and Byerly's, uh, as I've mentioned extensively on Twitter, or as 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 real as real Lunds and Byerly's fans call it, Byerly's. Um, <laughs> Unless you're from the other side of the river, I definitely call it Lunds <laughs> all the time. Just, just saying. Is that a thing? I thought Byerloose is a St. Paul. You guys should be my people on Dude, this. Dude, I don't I know, Byerloose actually. Is Paul side. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have a Ted on grocery stores. All I know is that Rainbow got bought by Cub, and everything is weird now. Because there's a Rainbow <laughs> and a Cub in Midway. Though I think Rainbow's yes, coming indeed. down for the soccer stadium. So. Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah, Big changes. Everything about, that is very, everything about that is very confusing. We should definitely have a Ted on the Twin Cities grocery <laughs> scene because it's very interesting okay. to me. Local references um, aside... Anyhow, yes. Yeah, so I so I was I was at the grocery store, and uh, I left my phone at home, you know, because uh, <laughs> because because it was dead, um, and I, I needed to let it charge. So I'm oh, over yeah. at, I'm over at the grocery store, and all of a sudden I realize I'm getting text messages, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what is going on? My phone is at home. Did you do this like the home. Tim Allen grunt? Uh, yeah, that one exactly. You bet. Um, I, I kind of did do the Tim Allen grunt actually, and people were were staring. It was strange. Um, but uh, 
it turns out it was because in watchOS 3, it'll actually deliver text messages if it can find a known Wi-Fi network. Um, there's, there's also some other things you can do, like respond to text messages, which, if I recall correctly, was not in watchOS 2 uh, to respond mm. to text messages over Wi-Fi. But, oh, Brian, you Wi-Fi. might be able to correct me on that. I've, I mean, you've been able to reply to text messages since watchOS 1. I, yeah. I'm not too frequently without my phone while in Wi-Fi because, well, when my phone dies, but I don't, I'll be honest, I don't use my watch for that much more than checking the weather, uh, seeing notifications that come in. And mm-hmm. um, um, activity. On. Did you ju- okay? So you said that your phone was dead, mm-hmm. and you were replying to text messages. iMessages. Okay, that make okay. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably uh, work with text messages, even if you weren't connected to your phone over Bluetooth, because I know with iCloud you can do text message forwarding. So if you're mm-hmm. on your Mac and your phone's somewhere else, right? But can... like, doesn't but like your phone still has to be connected to your carrier for any of your devices yeah. to get an SMS. And but, in that case, it would have been on and connected to the carrier. It just would have been way out of uh, way, way out of Bluetooth lane. Right, 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 right. So just going hopping yeah. over the internet versus right. Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, if your phone is dead, there's not there's nothing you can do about SOS. Kind of SOL, yep. Yeah. Yep. This is true. This is true. One other thing I, I forgot to mention about WatchOS three is you can now respond to text messages with Scribble. Uh, oh yeah, Scribble. Which which is like my number one favorite feature of WatchOS three. Oh really. Um, cool. Yeah, because I, I use that all the darn Because the time. voice voice dictation is really, really slow to get queued up, I find. Is Scribble right. also slow? I would assume Scribble seems bit. much quicker. Okay. Scribble seems much quicker and much more accurate. So I can write out an entire word, for, for example, and by the time I've finished writing out the word, uh, Scribble will sort it out. Uh, Scribble will be done. Uh, I'm sure that'll be better on the on the series two, and it'll be better perhaps uh, in the GM build of WatchOS three. But um, it it's been so reliable now that I don't even dictate anymore because talking to my watch kind of looks weird. Um, <laughs> I used it when I drove, and I would be like, call someone's mm. name, and that'd be great because then I could just kind of hold my watch, like just you know, it, it would it would be in between my eyes and the road. And the steering wheel is in front of me, so yeah. I just kind of like hold down the button. I definitely only do voice dictation when I'm by myself, nobody else around. Yep. More or less, that's me too. Yeah. Um, they also I, talked about. Sorry, was there one anything else? No, I was just gonna do the same segue you were. Oh, nice. Do. Okay. So, so yeah, segue that segue. They they also brought on a couple more partners to talk about some stuff. Um, Nike was on for quite a while talking about a specific like Nike branded version of the, the Apple, Apple Watch, Watch Nike Plus. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't think we should spend much time talking about that. There it's was... got its own unique band. It's got, it has its own section. So if you go to apple.com slash watch, there's Apple Watch Series 2, Apple Watch Nike Plus, Apple Watch Hermes, Apple Watch Edition, Apple mm-hmm. Watch Series 1. So. Indeed. Yeah. So now we're, yeah. we're up to a lot of different combinations that you can do for one watch. You know, there, there are a lot Indeed. of different ways to have an Apple Watch. Um, so the latest ways to have an Apple Watch are coming soon. We'll be able to pre-order them on September 9th, and they will become available on September 16th. Anyone here going to buy one? I won't. Uh, if somebody wants to buy me the ceramic edition, they oh. are definitely more that than welcome white. To. Oh my god, it looks great. I don't yeah, think I. I don't think I even need to answer that I'm question. Just, <laughs> I'm just a little hesitant about it because it, you'd think it would be so brittle. Like you would, it would just scratch at nothing. I don't know. Uh, I mean, oh, I don't, man, kind of, no, I don't no know way. what kind of coating it has. The Nexus Five had ceramic buttons on it, and those didn't—they never okay. got scratches on them but at like, all. But like, it—it's like shattery, doesn't you know? Like you drop a plate, it kind of 
it's I mean, there's a lot of different stuff you can do with ceramics yeah. that and there's yeah. probably a hard coating on the outside because it's shiny and looks like a good finish indeed indeed it just looks so darn awesome i definitely would like it if it weren't totally impractical yeah um but yeah that's that's about that it's um, only twelve hundred and fifty dollars guys oh yeah, my god uh, okay I, that's I like prefer... that's like half a macbook pro of the exactly. one that you want to buy. I would definitely prefer a new MacBook Pro to that. I kind of wish they would have announced new MacBook Pros instead of a new ceramic Apple Watch, <laughs> but I won't buy. Um, uh, October, we'll I, hope. It exists. I hope. I yeah, hope October. Right. You want to know something that's free, though? What? Pokemon Go is coming to the Apple Watch. So, what? yeah, they, cool. this is the second time that a Nintendo related <laughs> thing came on stage. Uh, so, they talked about some of the Apple Watch specific stuff um, that you'll be able to do without taking out your phone. Um, so I, I believe the way this works is if you want the Apple Watch to have Pokemon Go stuff popping up on it, you have to specifically tell it, like, I'm about to go for a walk. And so then it mm -hmm. starts, you know, like, figuring out stuff on your on your phone, I think, because it needs that data connection, right? Um, yep. So there are several events in the game that you can see on the watch directly. Um, when Pokemon appear, you'll be able to see that. Um, when, when you walk next to a Pokestop, you'll be, it'll pop up. Um, and when egg hatch, when eggs hatch, you'll be able to see that. Um, for Pokemon appearing, you obviously have to take out your phone to actually like throw Pokeballs at it. Um, but for like Pokestops, simple things like that, you can just collect the items without taking out your phone. So that's pretty nifty. Um, and I, I mean, I really, really want that kind of, obviously on my Pebble, I won't be able to get nearly that much feature, but like. Pokemon Go's got to come out with a background hey, play Ian, version. There's nothing stopping you from buying an iPhone and an Apple Watch. There is. <laughs> Myself. Aw. Well, you know, it's, it's worth a shot. Too. Yeah. That's kind of interesting, though, because uh, somebody tried to convince me that Pokemon Go had this had these features like six weeks ago when Pokemon Go originally came out. They're like, oh, yeah, if you've got an Apple Watch, you can do all this stuff. And I was like, no, you can't. No. I've been playing Pokemon Go for like 48 hours, and um, that, that has not happened to me. So it's really interesting that they went to this level of interactivity now. Um, seems pretty smart for keeping it, keeping it going. But then again, yeah, going. I, yeah keep it Pokemon going. Um, but, like, the other thing is, like, there aren't, the population of Apple Watch users is not significantly um, so large that it alone will, like, this, this advancement might, might generate some slight bump in momentum among, like, people who have Apple Watches, which, uh, not, not kidding ourselves, that's a, that's a pretty particular demographic, psychographic, and, like, uh, like, like uh, socioeconomic profile. And, well, and, and you got to consider that, like, since they make all their money off of microtransactions in that game, what group of people is going to be more likely to be willing to put in some microtransactions? I'd say that right. people with Apple Watches are, are going to fit into that group more often. I uh, see. I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I, but I, th I, th I think you're right that there's definitely um, that the disposable income might be there. But I don't think that the willingness to partake in microtransactions might necessarily be there, particularly related to like iOS games. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how how that plays out. All right, do we want to move on to the big event of the day? Hold yes, on. I got I got one more thing about. So Apple Watch oh. Series One yeah. is still around. They're still going to sell that a little cheaper. It has the dual core CPU that the Apple Watch Two has. So this I think is Apple's way of saying, all right, Apple Watch One was a little slow. Let's speed it up a little bit and keep it cheap. So even if you buy the non 
Series 2 version, you still get better performance. So wait, so they're going to have they're going to have two different thing like things that are called the Apple Watch Series 1. Apple no, Watch Series 1 is Series 1, the original. So there's the, the Apple Watch and then there's Apple Watch Series 1, Apple Watch Series 2. Apple Watch Series 1 is the same as the original but with the addition of the dual core CPU. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I did not notice that. Hmm. Only they were they are not selling the the Apple Watch anymore. The original, they will only original. be selling Series 1 and Series 2. Okay. Okay. Oh boy. Um all right. Yeah, that, there's no way that that naming naming scheme would stick around. The Apple Watch Watch, Apple Watch Sport, Apple Watch Edition, Sport Edition, 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 Watch Edition. <laughs> All right. So yeah. the iPhone 7, a little bit easier to understand all the different versions of this one. Um, so they started off, of course, talking about the design because that's like the big the big appeal of an iPhone. Um, and right off the bat, they they told us about this new finish that they had come up with. Uh, they had a really sexy video of Jet the black. polish, the polishing uh, process that they put these things through. Um, yeah, the new color is jet black. Jet black. And that so is exactly the one I'm going to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's it's still aluminum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think nine layers in some way or another of anodized aluminum or nine processes. So, you know, they polish it, they buff it, they do all that stuff. And you come out with this very, very dark black that's very shiny. Um, yep. I think now they did release on their specs page saying, quote, the high gloss finish of the jet black iPhone 7 is achieved through a precision nine step anodization and polishing process. Its surface is equally as hard as other anodized Apple products. However, its high shine may be show or may show fine microabrasions with use. If you are concerned about this, we suggest you use one of the many cases available to protect your iPhone, end quote. <laughs> so that being said, I'm not sure if I really want it or not. I think I coming think... from the iPhone 5, the black version, the the little buffed, I don't know what, the I don't know, the, there's the metal on the bezel, and then there's a little angle that was mm. buffed smooth, and that, showed scratches very very easily right the chamfered edge yeah yeah that's what I'm, yeah, that's the name chamfered edge yes indeed so i'm not quite sure i think i would like to see it in person but that's clearly not going to happen because i'm going to pre-order that my iphone 7 <laughs> on friday <laughs> but i could be convinced if someone wants to persuade me <laughs> i i don't think there's i don't think there's any logical way that i can persuade you that this is uh that, that this is going to be all right like but that it's that it's going to not get scratched it totally will get scratched yeah i am absolutely going to buy one anyway <laughs> i i would feel uh, like it would make the se- the transition from edge to edge even better because black glass is a lot more similar mm-hmm. to shiny uh, black yeah, aluminum yeah. rather than a matte finish right mm-hmm. i would go with the matte black one just because that's more my aesthetic um but that's me right right i have to say like it, it's gonna it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb thumb among my like White Apple Watch with a red band, white <laughs> iPad with a red case. Oh yeah, uh, and silver MacBook. But um, but I mean, you can you can I'm always just case anyway. it no matter what. I'm thinking of buying is... so either the black or the jet black iPhone Seven, and then one of the leather cases. But which mm. color? Yep. Well, here's the thing uh, though: black is going to look good under anything. Yeah. Right. This is true. So. Um, so well, anyhow, black. some other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I meant both true. of the black yeah, ones. Yeah. 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 This is true. But anyhow, there's some other kind of cool aspects about this phone, too. Uh, in addition to its neat finish, uh, it's also uh, rated to IP67. Uh, water resistance and uh, dust resistance is also called out here, too. 
I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that that's the same standard that the first generation Apple watches also met IP67. Yeah. So that I means that so. it's good for, it's good for essentially like one meter uh, of, of, uh, of splash proofishness, I guess, shall we say. Uh, but it's not uh, ready for your scuba trip. Maybe I really want one. someone to ask Tim Cook if he showers with his iPhone 7 because <laughs> he does with his Apple Watch. I'm pretty sure that uh, IP67 is is pretty much the highest rating that any phone manufacturer goes for. Yeah, so, oh, for sure. Yeah, it'll it'll protect against the whoops. I walked in my pool. They had an image during the keynote mm-hmm. of someone falling into their pool with the phone held above. Oh them. yeah, yeah. And, you know, like walking into a pool or dropping it in the toilet, or it should protect against all of that. All of those things that we've been seeing in Samsung commercials for the last year. Uh, those are all possible with but the iPhone 7. But didn't Samsung have waterproof phone and they didn't and they brought it back? Is that You something? know, I don't pay that much attention to Samsung because I don't like their, yeah. their yeah. stuff. Hey, um, we're, all, and then, uh, we're all there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Then, then all the batteries in those waterproof phones exploded because they were sealed in too tight. Yeah. Womp, womp. Oh, wow. Well, the, nah. didn't Samsung just do a recall on the Note 7? Uh, they did. I'm, I'm, I'm just being obnoxious. <laughs> but that, that's not actually the reason why, but... Just love to, love to stir the pot so, on Samsung. <laughs> yeah. So I will then the next kind of feature they they touted was the haptic feedback home button. So this is no mm-hmm. the button is no longer a physical thing. You it's you know another kind of three D or force touch with their new Taptic engine, and they are mm-hmm. releasing a force touch or Taptic API um, inside of I don't know you like it. Found it what? So I'm wondering Coco. how much you're gonna feel that Taptic feedback when you're doing things that aren't on the home button. You know, when you're when you're holding the phone and your thumb isn't right there on the home button, like how well, much I, are you going to feel I think that? The, the the feedback goes throughout the whole phone. I don't. Okay. I think it's just a, a glorified vibrating thing. Because like okay. on the Apple Watch, the Taptic engine is pretty good. It you you definitely feel it, and I think it's kind of similar to the MacBooks as well. That one's clearly mm-hmm. a lot larger because it there's more space on the right. trackpad. But I I saw a tweet of someone saying it felt really fake, and I saw another tweet of someone saying it was awesome. So, time will tell how good it is. But the camera, how wow, the that, camera. I think every year Apple's like, this is the best camera ever. And then every year they one up themselves yet again. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, editing is something that they were talking a lot about here in this one. Like the, the automatic processing that the yeah, phone there's a goes new through. Processor, I don't remember what it was IPS? called. IPS? No, I, ISP. That's what it was. Internet service provider. Right. Was it? Uh, image signal processing? So, that uh, is like usually that related to video, I believe, but I could be wrong. Uh, There's a thing on the in the in a chip somewhere on that board that does yeah. some stuff with the photos and whatnot. Nice. Makes them look good. Yeah. Makes them go. So now across both the 7 and 7 Plus model, there is still the 12 megapixel camera. Mm-hmm. They're going down to a f1.8 aperture. I think it's down from a 2. So nice. even wider... What what you call it's, it's it's a larger aperture. Yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, wider aperture. Digital zoom still up to five x. Now in all models, there's optical image stabilization, which should help a lot for everything, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Low light um, movement, whatnot. Um, it's now up to a six element element lens. I don't remember if the six s has a six or five element, but I think the six has a five. What, element. what does that even tell us? Like, because we do we even know another, what the elements there's are? There's another glass piece of glass or plastic in the lens. I think. Oh, okay. I think it's like the layers of okay. lenses. Yep, this uh, is correct. There is a quad LED True Tone flash. So this is upping from their two LED True Tone flash that was in that five S through the six S. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think this allows for trying to combat light flickers from 
fluorescent lighting. I think there's a mention oh, yeah. of some flickering. Oh, way, they, they have an extra more... sensor like right there to, for, yeah. specifically for sensing the flickering. Yeah. So this should help to combat that even more. Uh, there's stabilization in live photos, as you'd expect with optimal Im- optical image stabilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, it now captures photos in a wider color gamut, so the P3 standard. And they can been... display it yes. in a wider gamut as well. The display is Retina HD, which is what they've been calling all of their uh, wide color gamut displays. So it's a good camera to buy if you're looking for high-quality 10-bit color. I was I was really interested to see them mention raw photos up there. Now we're not sure if this was like actually it can take raw photos or if there's like an API for this sort of thing or you know if it, but I'm excited that it was you know that it was at least mentioned so probably yeah and yeah. they they did mention that Adobe Lightroom is coming to iOS. Right. Oh man. I'm at very least some sort of it. So I think I think photography is even coming more and more. Mhm. Now, the iPhone 7 Plus has something a little extra. Yes. Indeed, the second camera. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got really confused when we were seeing like some of the, 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 like, the, the first video that they showed us during the keynote. Because yeah. I was seeing like... And even okay, all the leaks before this. Yeah, I was like, I saw some of the images that had two cameras and one, some of them that had one camera. I'm like, what's going on? Which one is it? Oh, it's both. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the iPhone 7 Plus has two cameras. One of them is a wide angle, the the regular one, and then uh, the other one is a little bit more zoomed in. Um, so it's at 2x. Um, so you can. I think it's a 56 millimeter equivalent. For okay, yeah. That telephoto lens. Yeah. Um, so you can zoom all the way to 2x without using digital zoom. You're just using optical zoom for that. Um, right. And then because of that. Uh, they've increased what you're allowed to digital zoom from 5x to 10x on the iPhone 7 Plus because then you know the resolution will still be the same as if you were digital zooming on 5x for the regular. I want to know how are they zooming at less than two times because yeah right when you're in between I would one imagine and two, it's kind of like a weird morphing it's not quite it's not going to be per- pixel pixel exactly yeah. what the, the sensor would see like do they take one picture with both of them and then put them together kind of thing i would assume so but they're not exactly the same place there's a tiny difference right. so right. it's going to be a little different especially if it's close up so i i'm not sure what to think of that but and they're able to take advantage of that um that difference yes yeah. uh for what was it for the depth of field right yeah, yeah. so this yeah. is a new a new software feature that they can apply to a photo to mm-hmm. simulate a depth of field so they'll they're using machine learning and other cool algorithms to detect people and the subject of your photo and then it will blur the background yep so i think htc had something like this a few years ago yeah two or three years ago mm-hmm. so yeah so after htc came out with this depth of field thing with two cameras a bunch of other like camera apps tried to emulate that with weird ways of like, okay, so we've only got one camera to work with, but if you take it and you like rotate around the subject, then we can get some depth information about the objects in there and then it'll blur it. And it was like, oh, it was the worst. Yeah, because when you have two cameras, you can just cycle between the two to mm-hmm. find the difference because things that are far away are going to shift a lot less than up front. So it can kind of do that to judge depth. So it's a lot more of a sure way to figure out what's close and what's far mm-hmm. for your subject. Now, I saw on Twitter some example screen or example photos from this, and the the edges look a little unrealistic from what I th- thought. Um, so I think 
a real camera was still going to do a much better job than right. this effect. Now, the front-facing camera, uh, which for some people is more important than the back-facing camera, is, <laughs> is now 7 megapixels. Uh, up from 5. Woo! Woo! And what was that? Wide color capture for photos and live photos. So okay, it's yeah. got the, the high color gamma as well. Good, good, good. So those Snapchats are going to be even better. <laughs> They're going to be fire AF, as the youth say. Fire AF. Um, indeed. So all this is kind of complemented by that um, wide gamut uh, Retina HD display, they're calling it, which I'm sincerely looking forward to. Uh, as, uh, as a 5S owner here, I can definitely uh, see, in, even in comparison to my uh, iPad Air 2, the kind of difference uh, in the kind of true-to-lifeness that the, that the colors can display. Uh, so it's cool to see that they're finally bringing that down from the iPad Pros and the Air 2 uh, to to the 7. You know, Brandon, I think you've you've deferred the new phone jitters for so long. You definitely deserve all of you know every every excited moment that you get this year. Aw, thanks, buddy. Yeah, no, it's it's very much like oh my gosh, it has this feature that has been in every other product line uh, for the past two and a half years, but haven't. Got I think it's only been old. on iPad Pro, though. Oh, man, not again. What is going Seriously, on over what, there? So, for for context, uh, I live off of University Avenue in Minneapolis, uh-huh. which was in, in that. I think you're going to have to say that sentence again. Whoa. I live off of University Avenue, so, like, that is that. So, there's, wow. there's lots of traffic around here. Uh, let me see For those listening, we just saw on Brennan's feed... Uh, it's about one second image of just looking out his window. We saw a bunch of parked cars and like one car slowly driving by. <laughs> it was it was the mean mean streets of Northeast Minneapolis. <laughs> just kidding. Northeast is awesome. Don't even don't even at me. I love this place. But anyhow, it should should be more stable now. Okay. Um. So now yeah. the biggest. Well, actually, no, not quite yet. Another feature: stereo speakers. So yeah, I was not expecting to see this in an iPhone. So there had been leaked photos showing, uh, which we'll kind of get into in a minute, two speaker grills on the bottom. Mm. And then, so people thought, is that going to be two speakers or is it going to be like the first generation iPhone where one was a speaker and one was a microphone? Right. I think it's probably that because the earpiece is where the other sound comes out of. Mm-hmm. So they must have a fancy speaker in the earpiece and they just jack up the volume a little more because you don't want it that loud. Now, on. take a look at my phone, Brian, and tell me. Those speakers on the bottom and the top of my phone, they look the same, right? Yeah, they do. The speaker grills are the same size. You'd expect it to be stereo speakers. Not at all. It's not. Huh. It's, ah, it makes me mad. It makes me so mad. Well, now on the oh. iPhone, they won't look the same, but they will, or they should kind of-ish be the same. They, they'll complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be nice because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I watch a video and I always have to think, okay... Where are people going to be less disturbed of where I face the speaker? Because <laughs> if I'm like sitting on my bed and my door's open, I'll you're turn not gonna it the have other to... way around so it doesn't go out the door as much. Yeah, you're not going to have to carefully like cup your hand on the end of it to like direct all the sound towards yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So that should be exciting. Though, Brian, you know there is another solution to this, yeah. and you know what that solution is? Headphones. Headphones. An, an HTC phone. Wait a minute! I oh. can't plug in my headphones into this iPhone Seven. <laughs> What's going on? So, ad- admittedly, uh, I, I bring this up half in jest and half because, um, hilariously, I'm currently using Bluetooth headphones connected via a, a mini phono cable 
to my iPad <laughs> to to, uh, to do this, even though it could handle it just fine via Bluetooth. However, uh, I don't want to use the microphone on these headphones, hence uh, the uh, hence the cable. Additionally, right. you don't want to add that other fun entropy of having the uh, having the audio cut in and out either. Uh, because a Chrome tab is crashing or because uh, your Bluetooth uh, headphones are not necessarily working, which is another thing that we'll mention in just a moment. Uh, so as, as you said, um, there's no longer a 3.5 millimeter uh, audio jack, mini phono jack, mm-hmm. uh, in, um, in the iPhone 7 or 7 Plus, uh, which has been uh, widely reported by a bunch of different folks uh, for, I believe, almost a year now. I think Christina Warren first mentioned it on Mashable about a year ago. Yeah, it's been it's been around for a long time, which I would have to imagine is a, is a controlled leak, so people wouldn't be freaking out about it as much right now. Right. Right. Uh, I do have a little bit of a rant to go on. Go for it. Can you can you guess what I'm going to say in this rant? What's my main point going to be? Ian's going to argue for the existence of a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. I'm actually not. Really? I'm going to argue for uh, the need if we if we do You're get argue rid- for USB-C. Yes, I am. <laughs> you got me there. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm not super sad about the three and a half millimeter jack going away because like he made a really good point during the presentation that that it doesn't make any sense to have a singular port that only does one thing right um Mm -hmm. of course the 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 kind of the other side of that is well that's not the only thing that it does right like a lot of peripherals use it to just like get a little bit of power out of the phone right right so where square uses it to do you can you can hack a analog signal to do a lot for you especially with the 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 trrs version with the the buttons or the microphone oh sure yeah yeah um Um, so yeah so now so now like if you want to have a credit card reader for your phone uh it's well but it needs to be powered right so it's Mm -hmm. still going to have to plug into the phone somehow so now we're going to have separate versions of those for apple phones and everybody else and apple's gonna make it it could charge over usb and be independent of the phone though I've seen a number of Square readers that do just that. So they blue, they're Bluetooth connective to the phone, but mm-hmm. USB they charge power, over yeah. USB. What do you mean? So just well, a standard like a micro USB cable for power. Yep. But where yep. do I get the power from if I if I only have a my wall phone? outlet? From yeah, exactly. Well, if it's so in the store it, or something. Then well, because because yep. I mean, like I see a lot of um of Square users who like are not near outlets. Like if you're at an art fair or if you are uh, getting towed out of a ditch during the winter, like, you know, and, and the, uh, the tow truck guy like charges you money. Like, Oh man, yeah. he used a square. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was square, but he had a, a credit card reader on his phone. I was like, okay, cool. We're doing this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm calling out square uh, particularly because I know I've seen that uh, their latest generation of like those EMV chip card readers and Apple pay readers. Oh, right. Yeah. So those actually, those are independent of the phone. They, they charge just as like a, so they have their own battery, battery charge. They have their own independent battery. Good. Okay. Yeah, good, there we good. go. That's yeah. what I was headed for. Um, <laughs> but, but continue. Yeah. But yeah, it's still like, um, you know, it, since we don't have the headphone jack anymore, then we're going to need headphones that plug in with lightning. And mm-hmm. if other phones go the same route, then we're going to have uh, headphones that plug in with USB-C. And it's like something as universal as headphones, I should be able to just take my headphones up to anybody's device and be able to use them. Like, why do why are we about to live in a world where that's not a thing? I, you mm-hmm. know, may, maybe I want Brian to listen to something on my phone, but like he doesn't want to put my earbuds with my gross earwax on them in his ears. 
Yeah, I think uh, what we're having, I think it's going to be difficult transitioning. So I think, was it Phil Schiller who said, you know, the lightning is full digital audio, things like that, mm-hmm. which will be more of a, a raw audio from the device. Sure, sure. But audio is an analog technology. So a headphone is just, you have a connection. It's just playing, it's just taking the frequencies on the cable and just vibrating them in little speakers. Right, right. So audio has been very analog lately. And so removing this maybe gives more space in the phone, but it's it's removing that. It requires the headphones to do a little bit more work. Yeah. And so thus headphones are going to be more expensive and Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a shift towards higher end, maybe because people have to pay more or even worse quality just because. Right. And I think, I mean, well, or I mean, but Apple you... will ship this adapter with it as well, which they'll right. it will charge $9, by the way. So this will have its own uh, DAC. to its own, three and a half yeah, So it has its own amplifier in there and everything. So I think those are still going to be quite popular. I think it'll be a while before it becomes all lightning. But then again, with USB-C and other stuff still having the the jack on there, it's going to be a big fragmentation mm-hmm. and a lot of unrest, I think. Especially, yeah. I'm curious to see in the coming days, and especially once the phone comes out, what people have to say about it. Because I think a lot of tech has heard about it, but I don't know if everyone really has right, heard about it. Yeah. And I think ultimately right. the, the solution is going to be that we all go wireless. Because um, if we all have Bluetooth headphones just kind of as the standard, then you'll be able to use those headphones with whatever device you walk up to because what if Bluetooth I'm, is... Yeah. What if I'm going somewhere and I want to play some music in an auditorium? Um, yeah, they would have to have some sort of Bluetooth There's, you know, like, adapter I think, in there as well. I think the wireless headphones is good for kind of casual use, you know, going on a run, using your headphones, listening to music, going around, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think the wireless Air- AirPods, which we'll get to in a second, are good for switching between devices, but Bluetooth is pretty awful for switching devices you have to pair you have to forget a device yeah. go into discovery mode i think i i just know me shifting my i have a pair of bluetooth headphones and i and it can connect to two because using bluetooth 4.2 so it's to my phone and oh, yeah. watch and I, I can't remember how to pair i've only connected them to those devices and i would maybe like to hook them up to my macbook or my ipad mm-hmm. but because that's four devices i need to constantly be switching them around mm-hmm. all the time and where I could just take a wire and just unplug and into another in under a second. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like uh, to, to your auditorium point though, I think the answer to that's going to be a system like Sonos. Um, we have that at the office. And Chromecast audio. Chromecast audio is another, another one there. So that's Air not true. Guess, possibly, so, but it's not, um, but the, the thing about Sonos in particular, that's, that's, that's useful because you do have that kind of access control. Uh, right, and you do have that, like that sort of system. I think is probably how that'll handle handle like the auditory cases. I guess Though you're right that that's, I, that hardware is not as cheap. I, I, I still don't think that's enough though, because you need oftentimes for queuing things. If someone's going to hit play, if you have you know third of a second delay, it can be very noticeable if you're syncing it up with like an instant lighting queue or something. Oh sure, like you need fifty milliseconds can be off enough if you're doing something that is very crucial for yeah. timing. Yeah, And so, you know, when you're going that small, you're probably not going to be using a phone. You're probably going to have it on a computer that will be time synced with other devices and you're going to trigger it all at once. Right. One trigger device. However, that's true. I think there's going to be a lot of blowback from more professional usage uses of this because, I mean, you can only go so long with lightning to 3.5 millimeter without having to charge your phone. 
and then you'll eventually have to unplug it and plug another. And you know, maybe mm. we'll see adapters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there will be third party options that will let you charge and listen to audio at the same time. Yeah, because I mean, the the Lightning to VGA adapters that we have at school have mm. another Lightning in yeah. on them, so you can charge while you're projecting. Yeah, uh, mm. at the same time. For sure. So and I'm sure that'll be uh, very soon to follow with the uh, Lightning to 3.5 millimeter mm-hmm. jack. You know what I'm curious about, actually? How yeah. e- how easy is it uh, if we're only using digital cords, you know, whether it's Lightning or USB Type-C, how easy is it to split? Because, like, when I'm on a car trip and I, and I want to watch, like, Steven Universe with my fiancé, um, real-world experience here, uh, you know, we just plug in a splitter that just takes, you know, the the analog signal and splits it into two wires... I don't think you can do that with Bluetooth. Maybe you, you could, but right. I don't think things are really designed for that. Well, but so. I mean, like, could you could you easily have a lightning to two lightning splitter I kind of thing? Don't think such a thing exists. I don't. I couldn't see. Maybe, but I don't know. I yep, think I that's, would agree that's 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 not that's a an case issue. That they count for digital to analog. Analog. You can hack so much with analog because mm-hmm. you just as long as the signal is strong enough, like you know, you can do whatever you want, and as long as it, you know. There's so much more room for error and right. I I remember it's the I wild have, west. Yeah, I remember I used to plug my computer into some speakers at home, and the cord wasn't long enough, so I had a 3.5 to 3.5 cord plugged into a splitter with just the male end hanging out, and just the two female ends were just doubling the length of the cord, and it worked just fine. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of a yeah a similar setup in my kitchen for having speakers on opposite sides of the room, but getting the same. The same yeah. sound coming out of them. Now, I know I've sounded pretty negative about this. I think I'm willing to give it a shot. Uh, because they ship an adapter, I think it's a little more okay. Mm-hmm. And especially because they sell new versions for so cheap, I think it can take time. But Or it'll, it'll be okay. But I think for a while, it's going to be kind of an iffy spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when Apple was introducing this, they were saying they had the courage to remove this old obsolete port. So this sparked a little of a Twitter meme trend going on meme so, storm so I'll, I'll just go through and i think th- these will all be in the show notes but i'm just going to describe them all so you know the caption is courage linking a tweet saying from the company who brought you this dumb shit saying that the <laughs> magic mouse 2 with the lightning port at the bottom just upside down so you can't use it while you charge the courage the apple puck mouse from the early 2000s uh that one already sucked <laughs> courage the uh cracked uh apple tv remote or the siri remote or Another version of the Siri remote with rubber bands in the bottom so you can figure out what's bottom, what's top, so it doesn't slide around and get lost in your couch. Courage, Game Center in iOS 6. That's all I need oh, to man. say. Courage, the Apple Pencil sticking out <laughs> the side of an iPad. So it's just this. kind of showing strange Apple design choices when it comes to... And it's so funny that products. everybody like talks about how great Apple is at design. Yeah, you know, it's it's quite something. And actually, there's one more tweet that I retweeted. I'll try and put it in the show notes if I remember. That was a, a quadrant showing something like uh, the army on on the ground coming out of a tank or something. People rock climbing, and there was some other one. And then there was the last one, courage, and it was the iPhone Seven with a little red X drawn over the headphone port or iPhone <laughs> Six, the X over the headphone port. Yeah. So, so. But I think, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like the the only thing I'll add to that is just that. Um, like there's much much ado about it as like a poor design decision because because of all the reasons we discussed, right? But I don't know. As somebody who's used Bluetooth headphones almost exclusively for the past two two and a half years, um, 
I really think that it's like not seeing the forest with the trees to think that this adapter is like that Apple considers the adapter the solution because of the thing we're about to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say I've used Bluetooth headphones since April or so, and it's wonderful not having a wire. I absolutely love it. And I think this is a great way of pushing wireless headphones to come out. And I think there's a lot of promise in that. And I'm excited to see what comes out. So what, what did they talk about? What did they announce? AirPods, the thing that people have been gossiping about almost for as long as Apple's been, uh, or almost as long as they've been uh, making headphones, is uh, some wireless uh, ear, ear earbuds, I guess you could call them. Uh, they look almost exactly like the old, uh, original, um, up, up to now, Apple um, earbuds. Oh, yeah, the yeah. EarPod. Yeah, exactly, the, the ones that... <laughs> The ones that you've seen since the dawn of time. The ones uh, since the iPhone 5 in 2013. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but with the cables literally chopped off the end, uh, which ad- admittedly to me look a little bit strange, uh, but they they clearly uh, did so to keep that kind of iconic aesthetic for, for better or worse. Uh, as you mentioned, Brian, they contain kind of a little bit more of an active uh kind of uh, active hardware than, than you might expect from uh, analog headphones, and that's probably for good reason. Uh, they call out specifically the W1 chip uh, that's also used in several new Beats headphones and earbuds, uh, and uh, this kind of interesting protocol that hasn't really been fully described yet that, that seems to rely on Bluetooth, um, but seems to also not quite be Bluetooth alone as is. Um, right, because I'm to help fairly, pair. I'm fairly certain that this can only pair with Apple devices. Yeah, almost certainly. Almost but it certainly. does support things back to the iPhone five. So right. it's, it's. I think it's tied to Bluetooth hardware. But they yeah, might, it's... they might, you know, run custom low level firmware or something that they can do more that they want. And they're on their website on the specs page. I think it is. They mentioned streaming AAC audio. So they might encode something else on the phone to AAC so the headphones only have to play AAC which might be more efficient or less heat I don't know mm-hmm. absolutely because that you have to worry about codecs when you're dealing with digital sure but I don't know what any of those letters meant advanced uh, audio codec I think is AAC yeah that, that's like um, I think that's the de facto compression uh, or the, the de facto codec used for like songs purchased through iTunes or streaming yeah, Apple, Apple okay. has been using AAC for a long long time a long time and Others don't really use it as much, I would say. Although, actually, I think the MP4 containers is are often AAC audio. This is true. This is true. Uh, so what kinds of special things can the, the AirPods do? I remember they said that it will pause automatically when you take it out of your ears, I think, right? Yes. Yes, an, indeed. There's an IR sensor on this, on each one. So it'll detect when it's in and out of your ear. So it won't be playing when it's not in your ear. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if this is, you know, if you have one and you take one out, will it pause it? I don't know. But it might, it'll probably at least stop it in that other AirPod that's oh, not in your yeah. ear. So it saves its battery a little bit. So there's a five-hour battery life, and it comes in a case that has up to 24 hours of battery life. So when it's in its case, it'll be charging these AirPods. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a good mobile place so you don't lose them, but also it will power them. And right. It'll come with and lightning the USB or lightning the USB cord. Looks uh, the case looks a little large to be just like sticking in your pocket. Um, the way that I have you know my corded earbuds. 
Um, but I think that's... Uh, that, I think I could manage. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> something that I'm willing to give up is having my f- headphones in my pocket 24-7 as long as I can easily just have them in my backpack next to me. And I think it's really nice that you can mobily charge them without actually having to plug them in somewhere because right. my my current Bluetooth headphones charge with micro-USB, so I have to kind of be somewhere with a micro-USB or carry around a USB charger for mm-hmm. them. Where this, you, you plug them in, and they said if you plug it in for f- what, uh, 15 minutes... In there, you get three hours of charge or something ridiculous. Something right. That sort of quick charging over, um, that sort of quick contactless charging is really neat. Mm, for yeah. Sure. And I mean, uh, chances are it's it's not even that much battery capacity. These are just tiny devices, so they don't use much power. Yeah. You know, like my my Pebble, uh, I plug it in for 15 minutes, and I have like three days of charge. But that's not nice. you know that's not because it's charging super fast. It's just it doesn't need a battery. Yeah. There's only. You can when you transfer at X amount of milliamp hours per second or whatever, when your battery is only holding like two hundred. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, in addition to this um, IR sensor, there's also a voice accelerometer, which will help detect when you're talking to Siri. Well, combine that in your dual beam forming microphones. Yeah, it helps with canceling out background noise when you're talking with Siri or on a phone call or something. Mm -hmm. But you can also tap the heads the an airpod to start bring, talking to Siri. Start talking to Siri or maybe start and stop music. I'm not sure. I'm not sure maybe what it's all, all Siri driven. Are. Could be. Yeah. Tap. Hey Siri, pause my song. So how mm, how come these can't just like detect you saying hey Siri and you know That's true. I don't know. Because like I can understand why they wouldn't want to do that on on an iPhone. I'm still I'm still convinced Well there's a switch for that turn hey siri on and off oh permanently like all the time oh okay i think that was new ios 8 maybe okay okay um but yeah like i i think that the headphones could probably handle that the the airpods when you can have pranksters walking by hey siri (laughs) hey siri i have my sister tries to imitate my voice and tries to activate my phone all the time but she doesn't sound like me so (laughs) nice doesn't work so these will be 159 dollars and go on sale late october FYI. Right. Right on. Uh, they also announced uh, kind of a companion to this, the original ear pods, but with a lightning connector. Um, that way you can, uh, I believe these will be bundled with iPhone 7s. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that way uh, you'll, you'll be able to, uh, even if you don't have any Bluetooth or lightning uh, headphones right now, you can use those that will come with your iPhone 7. No need to fret. Uh, additionally, the uh, iPhone 7 will come with a lightning to headphone jack adapter, uh, and uh, of course they'll offer you more if you need more uh, at uh, what some might call a market rate, I guess, sort of. <laughs> um, I feel like at $9 a piece, they're not making much money off of it. This is true. They're mm-hmm. probably just selling it, rounding up to the nearest dollar, and calling it good. Mm-hmm. So... This iPhone sounds great, but we haven't even talked about the processor yet, which is, is kind right. of what Apple left for last as well. So they have the A10 Fusion. So what this does is it adds two more cores that are lower power. So they're a fifth of the power of the higher speed cores. And these higher cores are uh, much better as it is. And then these low power ones are a fifth of the power. So then you have something light. So if you're just typing an email or writing a text, it'll be low power. But they'll ramp up if you're doing something more like playing a game or writing a text with... Uh, confetti. And I would expect that the two lower powered ones are the cores that it's going to be using 
if it's doing things when you know the screen is off in the background oh yeah i would i would imagine so yeah so i think this is what allows for some crazy new battery improvements so Mm -hmm. it was it gets a better battery about two hours more than the 6s Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty significant improvement. I think the best that Apple's really had in any of their days of the iPhone. So the iPhone 7 is about the same battery life as the iPhone 6S Plus. Mm-hmm. And the 6S Which Plus battery was quite a bit larger than the 6S. Definitely. And it's really interesting to note, too, because that, that sort of um, two high power cores, two lower power cores configuration is actually a thing that's been kind of uh, much discussed uh, among other uh, ARM CPU mm-hmm. shops, uh, I think they called it their their big little to to say to say words based on how they capitalized yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Big little architecture, um, and it's cool to see that kind of finally come to the mainstream. I don't know of other phones that have that I, sort of layout, but the first I became aware of this kind of thing was when the original Moto X came out, and right. uh, it was what the what did they call it the X eight system uh-huh. or something like that because it had like eight different cores and and four of them like a full half of them were just specialized for one particular thing so like one core was just always uh keeping an eye on the the uh gyroscope and one of them was right. all you know so they were they were super specialized and and didn't do very much uh which meant that they could do those tasks constantly without taking much power kind of thing and so you have right. these four cores as well as apple's now m10 motion coprocessor which mm. handles like gyroscope and accelerometers right. and stuff yeah so they're that yeah they really are you know, they might only say four cores, but it's probably closer to sure. five, six, seven, yeah. eight of just all little tasks. And so that's how you become efficient when you have just small amounts of power for just a very specific thing that isn't mm-hmm. going to need more or less of that. Mm-hmm. Right on. They also uh, are bringing a few new things like LTE Advanced up to 450 megabits per second. The iPhone um, 6S had 300 megabits per second okay. just for some yep. baseline. Uh, they have packed in a few more types of NFC for other areas of the world that um, don't use the same NFC as us, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, Apple Pay will now be available in Japan. Yes. Nice. And uh, they are, finally, uh, the storage options are getting changed a little bit. We can celebrate because 16 gigabytes is no longer available. Woo! So now the baseline is they're bringing back 32 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. So this hasn't been around since the iPhone 5S, I want to say. Oh, really? Okay. So the oh, 6, yeah. the six they had 16, 64, 128, and the 6S. But now they have 32, 128, and 256. So that's 256 gigabytes on an iPhone. It sounds ridiculous. That's insanity. But I think, you know, with 4K video and apps getting larger and larger these days, it's it, it makes sense. Yeah. And Admittedly, then, my 5S is a 32 gigabyte 5S. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to trading up to the middle of the road 128 gig. The middle uh, of the road 128. Yeah, See, right. Which is which is fully half of what my uh, current desktop computer has for its yeah, boot same, drive. Same. So, uh, which means that if I went all the way to a 256 gig one, I would literally have a phone that has more storage space <laughs> than my computer. <laughs> but, you know. I, I have the, the iPhone 6 64 gigabyte and it's not full yet but it's I think it has under 10 gigs free and that's I have I have a bunch of apps but I use iCloud photo library so there's like 10 gigs of optimized photos that they, they don't delete I have probably 10 or 12 gigs of music mm-hmm. I don't know just it just fills up I guess I mm-hmm. it I definitely think, fills up I know I've seen some complaints about iCloud photo library uh, not really optimizing storage when you're low in space so. right you if you have 
four or five gigs of photos and you want to download an app that you don't have space for, you there's no way to say, okay, delete every photo older than a week. I just mm-hmm. I don't need it right now. Does, does just install that. Google Photos and uh, give it access to deleting your photos, and it'll take care of it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So this new storage option, I think, is going to be nice. People oh, yeah. will. It's not... been a long time coming. Oh yes, I think a double a thirty-two is really enough. I think for most people. Oh yeah, I have a thirty-two gig phone, and and as a power user, I haven't had a problem. Yeah. Though, I'm excited I do, for... I do separate out my uh, storage uses a little bit between my phone and my tablet. So my tablet has like all of the games that I've ever bought downloaded on it. Yeah. And well, whenever... Tablets are better for gaming, I think. Yeah, exactly. And and also like for video watching. So whenever I'm going on a trip and I want to like cache a bunch of uh, YouTube videos offline, the tablet's the one that I use. Yeah. Now my, my iPad mini is only 32 gigabytes and that has become an issue because with all the apps and music that I have on there, it coasts with about... 8 to 10 gigs free mm. and that isn't enough for that much of like 1080p videos that I have acquired sure you yeah. know when every when each episode of 45 minutes long is like almost 2 gigabytes can't store very many or one movie is 8 to 10 gigabytes mm-hmm. you can only put one on there so I'm excited for probably another year or two down the line when I replace with a newer iPad to get on lighter because iPad sizing is also updated they have a base of 32 gigabytes Oh, and they can also go 128, 256. So they're kind of unifying that across nice. the lineups. Nice. And I think prices may be changed. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into that too much. Oh, yeah, only they, slightly. They also updated the um, iPhone 6 and 6S that they're still selling. Um, so they no longer are selling the 16 gig ones. That those are 32 gig and uh, and 128, I think. No, uh, was it? ooh, yeah. I think they doubled the the ones that are available. Okay. Yeah. Let me. I'll load it up right here. If I remember correctly. Um, so the iPhone 7 uh, is coming out on September 16th, uh, and I think pre-order starting this Friday. Yep, I will be up at 2 a.m. pre-ordering to my heart's content. <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't really want to be, but I'm going to be. <laughs> Do it. It'll oh, be my, yes. it'll be my, uh, what is it? Fourth time pre-ordering at 2 a.m. See, this is Good this time. is going to be my first time pre-ordering an iPhone at 2 a.m. I think I pre-ordered Ooh. this iPad at 2 a.m. Uh, so. When I bought my iPad because... Mini two, it was strange. They released it overnight. They they didn't they didn't pre order. It just was released, and so I bought it at like mm. seven a.m. that or six a.m. that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, also coming out is iOS ten, but uh, I think we're going a little long here, so I think we shouldn't talk about that too long. Yeah, you know the features. Look it up on really... Yeah, there's there's not a ton that was re- that really wowed me about iOS ten. It's just really an incremental improvement over iOS nine mm-hmm. from my perspective. More features, um, new notification stuff, lock screen, control mm-hmm. centers updated. Apple Music is different and better. There's uh, discovered playlists. Apple, the whole music app is redesigned. There's a HomeKit app, which they talked about a bit at the keynote, which I don't think is applicable to really most people. Mm-hmm. Um, just a note on storage capacities. The iPhone 6S and 6S Plus are 32 or 128 gigabytes. Whoop. The iPhone SE is 16 or 64 gigabytes. Wait, for real? They kept that 16? Yep. <sighs> it's their cheap phone. Well, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, uh, yeah i'm just gonna i'm not even gonna touch that one okay okay um, anyhow mac os sierra uh that's another thing that's coming out i actually haven't used the beta because i don't um due to kind of uh freakish circumstances i do not have a mac to test it on uh and also i wasn't super wowed by some of the changes that are coming in place uh the most notable thing from my perspective is apple pay can be used on the web 
uh, which it's going to be pretty neat. And Siri is coming. going to be Siri, yeah. but I'm not at all excited for that because that icon is ugly. Um, <laughs> True. You don't have to look at it. You just have to listen to it. And do you have to look at it though? Two other you, features. You do. Two other features uh, I think are good are the, uh, the like tap to wake is or no unlock. If you have an Apple Watch within proximity. They oh, yeah. they measure like the distance it takes for a wireless message to go from your watch to your computer, and if it's close enough, it'll unlock your Mac for you. And that, also, that is pretty neat. Shared... Uh, universal clipboard. Yeah, that. Uh, that also sounds horrifyingly bad to me. <laughs> I, I I do not want to touch that with a thirty nine and a half foot pole to quote uh, everyone's favorite uh, Doctor Seuss person. I've heard so it, it works pretty well. So that means that you copy it. So you copy something on one device and you can paste it on another device. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I actually have had that through Push Bullet in the past. Um, mm -hmm. until I think what did they make? I think they made it into an, a pro only feature. When they when they brought their pricing, I remember in. using some apps on iOS four that did something like that. Where I, I mean, I had to go into an app, but then I ran a little mm -hmm. demon on my Mac. It was more oh. work than I wanted to do, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. From my perspective, I just never want to copy something from from my iPad and have it overwrite something that I do on a Mac because my Mac is usually um, when I when I have my Mac running, particularly now that now that my Mac is a desktop Mac and it's a, it's at the office, it's like I, I can't. I don't want to have my work clipboard overwritten mm. by any of the other random things I might be That's doing so out, the, outside of work, which is, I guess the answer to that is just don't hook that up. But <laughs> the one, yeah. the one situation where I consistently miss it is when I am logging in on like on a computer and it asks me for a two factor authentication code. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, wouldn't it be nice if I could just like copy that on my phone and then paste it on this other device. Yeah, That's true. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm so lazy that I don't want to type in four, yeah, six could, digits. I could just open my watch, hold it, it copies it, and I just go to my Mac, hit paste. That yeah, would be that'd exactly. Be yeah. Now, what you got to do there, the answer to that is is not universal copy and paste, but uh, the thing that Authy One Touch does and Duo that's true. Uh, Duo Two Factor Authentication does, where once you once you've set it up as a as a uh, your phone as a second factor device, all you have to do is approve the request, and then you're done never have to copy anything oh sure so you just like hit yes from a notification that pops up on your mm -hmm. phone oh yeah yeah yep yep that yeah that's true though yeah 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 <laughs> the, anyhow I, yeah <laughs> so they, they wrapped up the event with a neat performance by a personal favorite artist of mine sia um, i had and never I heard, heard it was her. pretty rad sia like you've never wanted to swing from a chandelier Chandelier, that that's yeah. She had the music yeah, videos that had uh, the the dancer Maddie Ziegler, who was on some dance show, yeah. I guess. She's yeah. done. She's kind of like been the the front person of Sia, I think, in the music videos at least. So there was that one with her and uh, oh my gosh, why is that blank on me? What's his name? The actor who did just do it, Shia LaBeouf. Her and, oh man, and Maddie were in a were in a music video, and. Yeah, I don't know. I I came to know Sia from the music videos, and then I started really recognizing the songs pretty soon after I saw the music videos. Yeah, so Sia's, I Sia's I quite enjoyed that performance. Yeah, the, the performance I turned it off when it started. I was like, a I'm lot done. of the tech people on my Twitter were like, "What the heck is this?" And I was like, what? "Oh, it's good." Like, I don't know. I really liked it. I have I have two songs by Sia on on my Apple Music, and I have like four of her albums on Spotify. <laughs> In <laughs> my defense, I really good. really needed to pee, so <laughs> I had too. to go. That's fair. So that pretty much does it. Mm -hmm. If you have any comments or questions about this event, you can contact us on Twitter. 
Yep. Or if you uh, want to see the show notes, uh, go to thenexus.tv slash NS47. Um, and you can you could also hit the contact button there. That sends us an email. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, Twitter will get back to you a lot faster. Twitter is definitely better. So I'm Ian R. Buck on Twitter. I'm Brandon underscore MN. And I'm underscore Brian Mitchell underscore. And that is Brian with an underscore B-R-I-A-N-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L underscore. Screw Brian to the Y. I is the way to go. <laughs> like Luke oh, Brian? Is that, is that your least favorite Brian? Might be. I don't know. But no? actually, like, okay. O'Brien, <laughs> the last name, has an E. What is that? Oh, sure, uh, sure. Conan. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah. Have a good one. Catch you on the flip side. Until the next Apple event. Yeah.